0: The first reading is taken from Luke, chapter 23, verses 26 to 31. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you, when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then." They will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry?
1: Jesus warns of judgment. Jesus warns of judgment. There had been a serious accident on the other side of the road. We were in the car. We were stuck on the road for about an hour and a half. The air ambulance had been called, so our carriageway had been closed. Uh, Eventually, after crawling forwards for an hour and a half, we looked across to the other side and saw a white van wrapped around a tree on the verge. We'd observed a tragedy, a bit like the women in Jerusalem that we just read about. They thought they'd saw a tragedy So, Jesus is leading the way. Simon is behind him with Jesus' cross on his back. And behind them, a great crowd, including a whole load of women who are weeping and wailing. Not because they particularly love Jesus, but because they're thinking to themselves, why did it have to end like this? It just seems so unnecessary. But Jesus doesn't need their sympathy. In fact, he offers them sympathy instead in the words of a warning. He says to them, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves. He says, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves. Jesus knows what is going to happen in just about 40 years' time when the Romans defeat God's people and destroy Jerusalem, when God punishes his people because they've rejected him. And on Good Friday, we remember that we deserve to be punished too for all our sin, for all the ways we've lived our way, not God's way, for all the times we've broken God's law, all the places in our lives where we put ourselves number one instead of him. You see, Good Friday wasn't a tragic accident like what we saw on the other side of the road. It is more like one of those warning signs on the motorway gantry that says, danger ahead. Jesus says to you and me, we're heading for trouble with God. And this morning we need to ask ourselves, do I believe that? We're going to pray about that now, just for a minute. A short time to close our eyes, put your hands together if if you're young and that helps, and to say sorry. To say sorry to God. You can do that if you're an adult, you can do that if you're a child. Just a minute. Maybe think of one thing to say, God, I'm sorry about that. Something I said. A habit in my life, a time when I hurt somebody else, some time when I didn't do what I know I should have done. Just to close our eyes, put our hands together and say, God, I'm sorry, because Jesus warns us of judgment.
2: The second reading is from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 38. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the other place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews.
1: Jesus forgives his enemies. Have you ever seen uh, bullies in the playgrounds he pushed her over she called her names maybe you've seen it online or in social media Uh, they make up stories about somebody they laugh at someone else's expense maybe you've seen it in the workplace or in the family a power play a clique favoritism taking advantage of someone but jesus faced all of that on good friday He faced material exploitation, you know the the soldiers took his clothes and they gambled over his cloak. He faced physical torture, crucifixion was the most cruel way of execution ever invented. He faced verbal abuse, the religious leaders thought that Jesus was a joke. Jesus had saved other people from diseases and demons and death. But here he is, dying on a cross, unable to save himself. Jesus faced public shame. The sign above his head said, the king of the Jews. And he doesn't look like much of a king, does he? But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Who is Jesus talking about? Maybe the Roman soldiers who nailed him to the cross. Maybe the the religious leaders who plotted and lied to make sure that That he's dead maybe the people watching just thinking what is going to happen next i don't think it really matters who he means in particular the important thing is that jesus knows what's happening and they don't know what's happening he says father forgive them they do not know what they're doing you see they think this is their plan getting rid of jesus rubbing him out of the picture but it's not it's not their plan it's god's plan it's god's plan to wipe out sin to forgive us our sins. You see, as we thought earlier, we deserve to be punished for sin, but Jesus dies instead. God uses the ugly wickedness of human hearts to bring about his wonderful, beautiful forgiveness into our lives. And so Jesus says to the people, Jesus says about the people who stole from him and abused him physically and verbally, and the people who lied about him, the people who laughed at him, the people who hated him, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. And he says to his father in heaven to forgive you, forgive me. And so we're going to pray again, again, just for a minute, just quietly, whether we're young or old. And this time we're going to say, thank you. Maybe you could think of that thing that you said sorry about earlier, the way you treated someone, the words you said, the habit you're battling, the things you didn't do, which you know you should have done, the thing you said sorry about, and this time say to Jesus, thank you, that you forgive me. So a moment of quiet to pray. The third reading is from Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung there, held insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, Jesus promises paradise. Have you ever been told off for something that you know you didn't do? Maybe by your parents, or a teacher, or a shopkeeper, a friend, your husband, or wife. See, the first thing we want to do when we're told off for something we didn't do is to defend ourselves and say, it's not my fault. Sometimes we do that when we know it is our fault, like a a footballer who's committed a terrible tackle, and puts his hands up at the referee and says, it wasn't me, it's not my fault. We try to wriggle out of our mistakes. We protest, we say the punishment's not fair. That is what one of the criminals who died alongside Jesus did. He joined in with everybody else's mockery. He was sarcastic and bitter and angry. He wouldn't admit his guilt And he pours out his hatred upon Jesus. He says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other criminal, though, is totally different. He's not like the man who was sentenced this week to prison for killing this little girl, Olivia. He protested when he was arrested. He said, I've done nothing wrong. He even refused to go to court the day he was sentenced. But this man on the cross next to Jesus owns up to everything. We don't know exactly what he'd done. Maybe he was a murderer or a thief or a terrorist. But he knows that he deserves to suffer and he deserves to die. And he admits it all to Jesus and he asks Jesus a question. And he gets the most amazing answer in the world. Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. The the criminal realises that Jesus won't save him from dying on the cross. But he believes that Jesus doesn't deserve to die. And he trusts that Jesus is a king and that Jesus is going to one day be in his kingdom forever. And so he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He doesn't know when that's going to be. And Jesus says, I'll remember you today. You will be in paradise today. And he makes the same promise to you and me today. If we say sorry to God for our sin, if we say thank you, Jesus died for me, if we trust that he is the king and say, Jesus, remember me. We don't need to be afraid of anything. Not God's judgment, not even death, because when this life comes to an end, we'll be with Jesus forever. The best place we could ever be. So in a moment, we're going to pray the prayer that the criminal prayed. We're going to pray remember me because we can't go to heaven to paradise just because we come to church just because we know the Easter story just because our mum and dad follow Jesus we need to say to ourselves personally Jesus remember me and we're going to do that slightly differently to how we've done it before and Doug is going to help us Luke continues, It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtains of the temple were torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Jesus trusts his Father. Jesus trusts his Father. There was a little girl uh, just outside her house racing along on her scooter. And suddenly she lost control and she ended up flat on her face on the pavement. Maybe that's happened to you. Now, I was actually the nearest person to her. But I didn't get down on my knees to help because her dad was just a few paces away. And I knew that he would pick her up. She could trust him. She didn't need me. When Jesus died, it was dark in the middle of the day. A sign from heaven that God was angry. Not angry with Jesus for anything that he had done. As the centurion who stood there watching Jesus die said, he was a righteous man, an innocent man. He didn't deserve to die. No, God wasn't angry with Jesus for anything he had done, but God was angry at Jesus because of our sin as he died and took upon himself all the things we've said sorry for. All of God's anger was falling upon not us, but upon Jesus. And then the curtain of the temple was torn into another sign from heaven, a sign that the no-entry sign to paradise had been taken down, that the barrier between us and God was no longer there anymore. We can be forgiven, friends with God forever. But what about Jesus? You see, Jesus is still there on the cross, isn't he? Is it over for him? No. No. He trusts his Father to pick him up. What does Jesus say? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's Friday. But Jesus is praying about Sunday. He's praying that God would raise him from the grave. He's about to be dead, taken down, wrapped up in burial clothes, put in a tomb. It's Friday. But Jesus is praying about Sunday. He can do nothing to help himself, but he knows his Father will help him. He, he trusts his Father. And Jesus says, if we trust his Father, God will connect us to Jesus like superglue by his Holy Spirit. He will stick us to Jesus so that we go into our grave on Good Friday. And we come out of our grave with Jesus on Easter Sunday, and we can live forever as well. And so, our last prayer this morning is to pray to Jesus I trust you. I trust you. Maybe we've been trusting God for a long time. Maybe you know today that you've never trusted Him. Or maybe you think, I trusted Him in the past, but I don't trust Him anymore. And maybe today you'd like to say, just for a minute, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming, and so I'm going to trust God to put me in my grave with Jesus and then raise me out of the grave again, not just for this life, but for eternal life. A moment of quiet to say, I trust you.